Hello again, Random Chatter listeners, and welcome to the very first episode of Random Chatter Interviews. In this episode, I sit down with network co-director and podcaster extraordinaire, Chris McGuffin. We have a great discussion about his very beginning, literally, his experiences growing up, his fandoms, his interests, and the backstory of his Twitter handle. And yes, he even discloses his favorite color. I do want to give a special thanks to Chris, not only for being the first guest on Random Chatter Interviews, but also for helping me out as a podcasting newbie. There's a lot of technical behind-the-scenes activities needed for a quality podcast, and Chris has taken some extra time to show me the ropes. So, with that said, I hope you enjoy the interview as much as I did. And we're on. Chris McGuffin, how are you today? Uh, I'm good, I guess. It's it's a little cold here. Uh, it's just like Echo Base, oddly enough. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm good otherwise. Nice. How about nice. yourself? I'm doing pretty darn well. Uh, I'm really excited that you could uh, that you could join me for our very first random chatter interview. Um, I really couldn't think of another name for it aside from random chatter interview. <laughs> um, I was thinking about you know going through some different possible names, and I thought of well, geez, what could we use like with the word random? And at some point, I thought of oh, random encounters. That would no, that sounds like a creepy dating yeah. app of some sort. So that, that sounds no. like something Derek would use. <laughs> See, he gets mentioned in yet another <laughs> podcast. Um, it's 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 real, folks. The struggle is real. Um, so yeah, so random shader interviews. Um, we are here with Chris McGuffin. You are our very first uh, Random Chatter interviewee. Uh, you are a network co-director for the Random Chatter Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are a co-host on the Random Chatter podcasts, the Echo Base podcast, the Cordcast. Uh, you are the host on Chasing Fandom, and you are a co-host on the Crash Couch. Uh, is there anything that I missed? I think you have the longest list of everyone of anyone in the network. Uh, that is everything, I believe. Yes. That's everything. everything. I did, uh, host Outer Rim, but that is currently on, uh, indefinite hiatus. Yep. So if that comes back, you know, who knows if I'll still be the host or, or what, it just depends what we do with that. But you got them all. (laughs) Hey, I, I tried to do my homework. I tried to do my homework. Uh, and the thing, I was actually missing Crash Couch from my initial list, and then I, I thought of it later on, and I went back and made sure I got it in there. And see, you so. can't miss that one, because that's probably, I mean, uh, don't get me wrong, I love doing the other shows, but I really love talking about The Expanse. <laughs> and that's something that I still have to get into, and I feel guilty for not, um, and it was one of those things that, hey, do I start it in the second season? No, I can't no. do that. I need to go back, and I need to watch the first season, but it was just one of those things that's on you know my giant to-do list of life, mm-hmm. so it really hasn't happened. So, um, But we're, we're going to get to your interests and your fandoms here in, in a little bit. Um, but uh, I, I kind of want to go back, go way back, time machine back to the beginning time of time. Travel. Yes, we're going we're going to time travel here, um, at least with, within your life. And um, so this is, you know, for for our listeners, I, Chris and I have already had this discussion. But for our listeners, 
this is, you know, this is long form interview kind of thing. So we're going to talk about all sorts of stuff uh, with all the different hosts and staff of the Random Shedder Network. Casual discussion. We're just going to have fun with it. Maybe some really hard hitting questions. I mean, I did promise uh, in the promo that we did to figure out what Chris's favorite color was. Um, <laughs> that could be a fairly lengthy discussion. We'll, we'll have to see where that goes. Uh, Chris, don't don't spoil anything on that yet. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, otherwise just kind of fairly casual. I mean, I've, I've got some ideas of, of different questions to kind of help guide us, but I think we'll just see where the discussion organically goes and, uh, and, you know, just enjoy ourselves from there. So does, does that work for you? Sounds good to me. Cool. Cool. Okay. And this is our first one, so I'm kind of getting feel for it too. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think we'll have a good time. So in other words, I'm the guinea pig. You are absolutely the guinea pig. Um, and, and, and folks, actually, the, the real reason for Chris being the guinea pig is that uh, you, you may or may not be familiar with the stuff that I've done on the Random Chatter Network. Um, I assure you, it's a very short resume. Um, <laughs> I'm still figuring out this whole podcasting thing. So uh, for about a half an hour before we started recording, uh, Chris was walking me through some software issues in terms of how to actually record this whole darn thing, um, <laughs> because I have just been a guest or a co-host on other shows where other people have kind of done the heavy lifting. And um, Chris kind of demanded, he said, hey, this is going to be your show. You're going to do the work. So. Um, he actually didn't. He kind of offered to do everything, but um, I, I figure I got to learn at some point. So, Chris, thank you very much for helping me out with all that stuff and, uh, you know, kind of getting the ball rolling with this. I, I think this is uh, it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. It's going to be good. All right. So time machine way, way back. Where were you born? Uh, OK, this is a fun fact about me. I was actually born in Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte, North Carolina. Yes. So obviously you've moved because uh, you 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 rather prominently advertised for some odd reason. <laughs> um, no offense to any of our listeners who might be from West Virginia, uh, but you advertise the fact that you you live in West Virginia. So how how did you get from uh, North Carolina to West Virginia? Well, it's actually kind of a funny story. Uh, I've lived in West Virginia literally my entire life, um, but. My family just happened to be on vacation during uh, the month of May, and they were on their way home. I think, I think they were on their way home at least uh, on May twenty seventh, nineteen ninety two. The what I call the greatest day ever because you know I was born. <laughs> um, and uh, I wasn't act my, like I wasn't supposed to be born until August. Wow! Uh, I decided screw this. I want to come out now, so. Uh, you know, I worked my magic and I did. Uh, so that's why I was born in Charlotte, North Carolina. No kidding. Wow. Surprise mom, huh? Yeah. So, <laughs> to this day, like I, I, I still think she holds a very tiny grudge against me for kind of <laughs> for ruining that vacation. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, pre- premature babies have <laughs> usually have, you know, complications. Um, but Given that I was born in May and I wasn't due until like mid August, you know, yeah. I, I, th- I, I think I think she she has the right to have a little bit of a grudge against me. 
Well, yeah, absolutely. That's, you know, if it's within a couple of weeks, that's, you know, good. Hey, look, surprise, it happened. But that's uh, that's that's quite a bit of time that not to violate any any HIPAA issues here uh, or, or, you know, other privacy issues. Were there any like health complications that you had being born so early that, that they had to, to deal with? Um, I honestly don't know, like exactly. Um, I do have a scar on my chest where they had to put like a feeding tube or something inside mm-hmm. me. Um, but I, I honestly don't know. From what I know, I almost died, according to my mom. But she can also be very dramatic at times. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if that's, like, how close that was. Uh, but a lot of people in my family like to call me, like, a miracle baby or something. Or it's so such a good thing that you survived. I'm like, okay. Whatever. Wow. But a- as far as I know, like, currently I have no, like, health issues related related to that which is good obviously yeah yeah no hey we're we're all happy that this is an experience that you uh that you made it through yeah so me too (laughs) i bet i bet (laughs) so okay so born in north carolina by sheer happenstance uh get out of the hospital relocate to to your permanent home of, of west virginia and um, so, w- w- what was your what was your experience growing up? What was your what was your childhood about? Uh, well, it was a very interesting childhood because, unlike I would say I I would hope the majority of uh, people, I had divorced parents, um, mm-hmm. which I feel like is becoming a, just a common trend these days. I don't know if it's just my generation or what. But I feel like a lot of people are getting married and then divorcing or having kids out of wedlock mm-hmm. and then just, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's just like a, a West Virginia thing that – or at least where I'm from because we had a lot of kids that was born uh, – or that was, a lot of people in my high school – not class, but that I went to school with that got pregnant. And I'm just like, Why? That's really random. But, you can figure out the how, but yeah, the why is is sometimes uh, that that makes you scratch your head. Um, you, you know, divorce. Uh, uh, I, my parents are divorced. Um, See, you know, here's the thing though: when did they get divorced? Oh, I was little. I was like three. Oh, really? Good. I'm yeah. not alone. I think my parents yeah. divorced when I was like two or three as well. <laughs> so I, I literally have like no men- like no memories of my parents. Like my biological parents ever being together. Being so, together. Yeah. Yep. Um, luckily, they, they always lived relatively close, like driving distance. Um, sure. and, and the way that that arrangement was set up was that every Monday I would stay with my mom. Every Tuesday I'd be with my dad. Uh, Wednesday and Thursday. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday would alternate between the two. So during the week I'd be with my hmm. mom, weekend my dad, and then the next week it would alternate. So. Okay. Uh, weekday, my dad, weekend, my mom. And that was an arrangement that just worked. I mean, you know, we had to, uh, rearrange a few times, but I like remained steadfast through that literally until I went to college. Uh, and even when I would come home for, uh, the summer, I stayed with my dad a little bit more, um, just because my mom was uh, going through a divorce at the time. So she Mm -hmm. really didn't have a, that was a tricky situation, but she really didn't have like a place to live. Um, for a little bit. So Mm -hmm. she was kind of, she was staying with my aunt, uh, her sister, and, uh, then she eventually got her own place. But, um, yeah, I, I, I kept that arrangement up literally my entire childhood. So 
to say it was interesting is honestly probably an understatement. <laughs> well, but you know what? It worked for you, and it's it's interesting that uh, you know different arrangements work for different families. Um, again, like I mentioned, my my parents divorced when I was young. Um, the parents of a lot of my friends uh, had, had also gotten divorced, uh, and then you know now. In, at, at this point in my life, um, I have friends of mine who are going through divorces who have kids and talking to them, you know, they're always trying to figure out, hey, you know, what's best for the kids? And, you know, we, we want to have time as evenly as possible with them. And mm-hmm. um, but you, you also want to avoid the jumping back and forth every single day thing. So it kind of sounds nice that you would have a stretch of a few days with one parent before you'd go to another one. And, mm-hmm. you know, there might have been a couple days in there where you jumped a little bit, but it it, it, it worked again. It, mm-hmm. it worked for you guys. And, you know, that's great. Whatever works for your family and works for you. Yeah. And so. I was lucky that even though obviously there were disagreements between uh, my mom and dad, um, they at least had a, a good enough relationship to at least be friends. Good. Uh, and yeah, obviously they disagreed a lot, but you know, they got along, which was, uh, I was very lucky to have. Good. That's good. And, and that certainly helps when they can get along too. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a huge thing. Do you, do you have any siblings? Uh, I am an only biological child, uh, but I have, from a previous marriage that is no longer the case, I have two stepbrothers, which I, okay. I still consider, at least to me, they're my brothers. Um, mm-hmm. And from my current, my parents' current marriages, I have a stepsister on each side. Oh, okay. So technically, okay. I have four step siblings. Wow. Only uh, two, do you still two are active. Right, right. Do you still stay in touch with the, the, the brothers? Um, only through social media. Um, one of them lives in, I think he lives in Denver. The other one lives in Texas. Um, one is young, one is like a year younger than me. One is probably five or six years older. Um, but you know, we, we at least stay in touch that way, which is nice. Um, I, the younger, brother I, I spent more time with obviously because you know he was closer to my age um but I, I i unfortunately don't talk to them as much and you know I, I can't tell you the last time i've seen them in person um it's probably been i don't know maybe eight or so years now hmm. uh, I, w- I would like to see them again at some point but um you know it's just a tricky situation but I'm just, oh, I'm sure. just glad, like that's, I, I give a lot of crap to social media sometimes <laughs> as, as much as I use Twitter, but it is really nice to have things like Facebook, um, to at least, you know, keep tabs on what, uh, other members of the family are doing that I don't get to see a lot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If, yeah. Certainly if there's a plus side to, um, to social media, you know, despite the, the drama and, and other things that occur with it, yeah. uh, that's, that's definitely a, a positive. So. What, uh, what what interested you as a kid when when you were little? What were you into? Oh man, uh, <laughs> oh that's a good question. Uh, like anything specific or or just general interests? Uh, general interests. It could have been you liked rocks, you liked bugs, you you were into Star Wars, you were into whatever. Well, um, hmm, I'm trying to think of something that's not Star Wars because that that did start. <laughs> 
in like the late 90s before episode one. Sure. Um, Particularly, I guess, to focus this, what was what were you interested in that you feel shaped you the most? What were um, the things that really focused you? Honestly, probably books. At at least in my early childhood, um, I was like, like to say that I was a big reader is an understatement. Um, I was reading chapter books way before I probably should have been. Um, I think it was like, I, I, and I don't know what the current like educational standards are, Mm -hmm. but at least in my elementary school, I think chapter books were like something that you got into like around the third, fourth grade. I was into it first and second. Wow. Um, reading's always been something that I, I've just loved. And unfortunately I don't get to do much of that anymore, which I mm-hmm. wish I could do. Um, I have literally a tote full of books that I've purchased since I've been in college that I've just not <laughs> been able to read. And my goal one day is to, have a, 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 a den and a house yeah. where I can have my records and my books and I will eventually get through all of my books. That is my life goal is to get through every single book that I purchased. There you go. Uh, you, you, that, that, that has been a, that particular arrangement has been a goal of mine. Uh, and I have to say that, uh, I'm, I'm very happy that my wife and I have that arrangement. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she's an academic, so she has gazillions of books. Uh, fortunately only half of which are here. The other half are at her office at the college. Um, but yeah, we, we have a lot of books mm-hmm. and it's, it's, I, I, it's, it's a, it's comforting to me to kind of be surrounded by them. Yeah. Um, you know, even if I'm having a down day, like going to a bookstore makes me happy. Yep. So I, uh, when I was growing up, we had to do this thing called, uh, it was called AR. I think it was called, a, it was, I think it was, uh, stood for accelerated reading. And that was part of our curriculum. And this, this lasted definitely in elementary school, definitely in middle school, but I think it stopped when I got to high school. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I know it stopped when I got to high school. Uh, I don't know, I don't know if they still do that today, but basically what you had to do was, uh, you read a book and, um, you had to, we had like a whole list, uh, of them. It was like slew, like slews and slews of books. And you'd go on the computer. And take a test, and that's, you know, what your grade was for like your English, um, or your or your reading or whatever it was, um, like a reading comprehension kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. And, All and right. basically, you would have to, you know, answer questions about like what happened in the plot, or, you know, sometimes motivations of the, of the character. It's pretty simple stuff. Yeah. Uh, hard for you know, that elementary middle school age kid, but. Uh, at the time, like I, I always really did well in that. Um, you know, we'd have to keep logs of all the stuff we read and I would just blaze through it because I was always the kid that, especially early on things like that really, um, I was able to grasp things really quickly and I didn't need a lot of teaching hands on time with most things. So a lot of the time I would finish my work early or, or I would get homework done. You know, I wouldn't even have to take it home to do. Sure. Um, I wish that continued into high school and college because I really slacked, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, thankfully it's still kind of, uh, is relevant in my like 
personal, like professional life. But, um, yeah, that, that's something that I was able to do. And that's why I had so much time to read. And, you know, I would, it would, if I wasn't like on a new book every week or at the very least every other week, then, you know, something was wrong. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's impressive. Um, that's impressive. What, what were your favorite like genres of, of books? What, what, what things did you like to consume the most? Um, hmm. Growing up, I really didn't have like a, a specific genre. I always liked kind of like mystery novels. Um, mm-hmm. and when I, when I say novels, I mean like young adult, like yeah. kid stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, wishbone was probably the best thing I ever read. I don't know if you know what wishbone is. I don't, I'm not familiar with it. Okay. Well, on PBS, uh, when I was a kid, they did, they had this program, uh, about a dog named wishbone. Okay. And it was a Jack Russell terrier. And, uh, I, I didn't get to watch the show that much just because it was on, you know, while I was at school. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't see it. Um, but I, they had books and there was, uh, different like mystery books, uh, that Wishbone starred in. Um, he did, or they did, uh, Wishbone adventure books that kind of did like, uh, a play on, um, or like a parody of classic novels. I remember there was oh. one about a tale, uh, the tale of two cities. There's one about Macbeth, um, cool. treasure Island, stuff like that. So, uh, that, that's, that is probably the one, when I think of childhood books, it's probably the one or the, the franchise, I guess that, uh, sticks around and you know, they don't sell those anymore. They're all out of print. Oh really? Yeah. Well, it's too bad. It bugs me. Uh, a few years ago when I got out of college, the first time I worked at a bookstore and we obviously didn't have any of the Wishman books in stock. And I looked online and yeah, there, you couldn't even order them from our website. They're out of print. Hmm. Yeah. That's unfortunate. They, they sound good. And particularly if they're, you know, drawing from classic literature. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. What, um, what was your experience like in, in school that like, you know, K-12 kind uh, of school? I was where- a straight A student for the most part. Um, nice. I didn't get a, I'm trying to think at least I, I know I maintained a 4.0 GPA average all the way to um, the end of high school. I was valedictorian. Oh wow! Um, wow! Yeah. Congratulations! That's great. Well, there's a, there's a there's a kind of a, a oh a, a, a side a, <laughs> there's there's a catch to that. Um, I, I did get I did get like a B on like my midterm grade or something, and I think it was in third grade, and I was scared to death what my uh parents would say especially my dad um when they saw that but they were like just bring it up to an a and then you'll be fine so i was like okay whatever uh but yeah i didn't get um it wasn't until like 11th or 12th grade i think 11th grade i might have got a i think i got a b in my ap english class okay or no i didn't know sorry Scratch that. <laughs> I did have an A there. It wasn't until 12th grade that I got a B in my AP English class. Um, and then I think I got a B in a B or a C. No, it was a definitely a B 
in chemistry because it was ridiculously hard. And I also had to be in my, uh, analysis class, which was math. Um, with that's a subject that I just absolutely despise by the way. Oh. So, um, yeah, gr- as far as grades go K through 12, I was a straight A student. Well, but to get through school as Val Victorian, while still hating math, that's that's pretty significant. Yeah, and I, you, I, I you, you, also, you worked hard. I, I should also point out that um, unlike most high schools, my high school was not the best. Uh, but unlike most, from what I hear, uh, we had multiple valedictorians because we all had because because we offered AP classes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my my grade point average, I think, was like right above a 4.0 um, because at least the way it worked for us was that if you had an A in an AP level class, um, that was the equivalent of a regular class B. So if you got all A's on your report card except a B in an AP class, you would have a 4.0 still on the hmm. uh, grade point average scale. Um, but if you had uh, all A's, including the AP class, you would have a four point like two five or something like that. Um, Interesting. So yeah, I don't know if you know different places have different scales, but that's yeah. just how ours worked. Uh, and then the way that it worked out for us, I think we had like five or so valedictorians that all had above four point GPAs. Um, so, so they couldn't just like give it to one person. I mean, they could have, uh, but we had like five or maybe even like six or so valedictorians. Um, I think I was, I was like third in my class, I believe, but, um, then oddly enough, we had one salutatorian, which was like right below, he had like a 3.99 or something like that. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, normally I've I've heard of, of Yeah, I, although I've heard of, of some schools recently doing multiples, um, you know, either in the event of a tie or they have some type of non-standard grading system like it yeah. seems like what you had. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that society – you have some factions that are in an uproar about it because they're saying, no, we, we can't be giving trophies to everyone. Who's the person who had the highest grade and they are the valedictorian or other people saying, well, Hey, look, if everyone, you know, if this group of kids achieved such a high standard, then they should all be recognized. So, yeah, uh, it, it, it seems that there's, you know, there's arguments on both sides. Yeah. I, I'm more inclined to believe, um, that, because the, the two people above me were, they actually had, I'm pretty sure, the same GPA at the end, which was like a ridiculously high, just because they took so many AP level classes, mm-hmm. um, you know, and got A's in them. But, you know, they they took a lot of those advanced classes. The only AP level classes I took was English. Um, and, you know, I didn't really care, honestly, about whether or not I got rewarded for it. Um, I mean, I, I honestly, my high school was very easy, uh, compared to what I experienced later in college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yep. um, and you know what my class, my classmates would definitely agree with that. Uh, we had some messed up. I could, I could go on and on about how awful my <laughs> high school was. <laughs> that, 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 that could just be a podcast series itself. Um, 
Did, did you enjoy high school? I, for the most part, yes. Yeah. Um, I, okay. I would certainly go, if I could go back and relive it like the same way, um, while making a few different choices, uh, here and there, I would certainly do it. Uh, yeah. mainly because of marching band, but, um, yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, if you ha- if you're the type of kid that has above a 4.0 and you don't get recognized as a valedictorian or at least some kind of recognition, mm-hmm. you know, some, something's messed up. Like the whole participation trophy argument, I get it. Um, but in this case, you know, y- y- you can, there's a, there, there's a line. And if you don't reward somebody for like some really, really difficult effort on their part. Absolutely. Then, you know, it, it is, if you just like half ass something, then yeah, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Yeah, no, I, 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 I can definitely see where you're coming from with that. I mean, I mean, people put in the work nonetheless, and, and it's not to say that other people didn't put in the work, but these people put in the work and got the accomplishment. And there should be some recognition for that. So that was a nice phone ring, by the way. Yes, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, sorry about that. Uh, so you mentioned marching band. What uh, do I remember? A a trumpet or something that you posted a picture of on Twitter? That is correct. Okay. All right. So, how long did you do that for? Uh, I played trumpet beginning in, uh, I can't remember if we started in fifth or sixth grade. Um, I know we definitely started like actually playing in sixth grade, but it might've been, um, fifth that we like, you know, technically started our, our music education. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I just go ahead and say fifth grade. Uh, and then when I got into high school, that's when marching band started. So I did that for all four years and then one year of college. Oh, excellent. And then unfortunately, after that one year of college, I stopped playing my trumpet, which. Why? Uh, well, see, it was here at, or at least here in Morgantown, um, if you want to do a, like a music program type of thing, um, they prefer you to be in the music program, like as, as a, like as your major, Hmm. Uh, you can't just be like, marching band's a different story. Uh, and I think concert band is too, but you know, I, I've always been, I I would much rather, cause there's a big difference, like massive difference between marching band and concert band, at least in the style. Um, you know, you have to be more, you know, it's more energetic and more usually up tempo when it comes to marching band. Uh, concert is more free flowing and just mm-hmm. my, my playing style fit more of the, of the marching style. Um, and that's what I preferred. And, you know, I, I really didn't feel comfortable joining something like a concert band. Um, when I had other things that I wanted to do, um, and, I, I would feel out of place given that it would be full of like music majors who would know a lot more than me about music. I would, mm. I would have just been there to like to play and have sure. fun, but you know, it's, it was, it was a difficult choice to give up marching band, but it was something that had to be done in the end. Um, 
I, I did recently, as you uh, alluded to earlier, I found, I found my trumpet again and I tried playing it and I, I am proud to say that I can still play. <laughs> uh, I just can't hit some of the higher notes that I used to sure. um, on it. But my, my goal is at least when I settle down somewhere, um, I want to get back to playing and maybe even join like a local, like even if it's a concert band, um, my dream is to do one of the open class drum cores. Uh, oh, cool. Is, which is pretty much, I don't know if you know what that is, but it's pretty much pr- like professional marching band. Yeah. Um, and they do like competitions and stuff, right? Yeah. And that yeah. was one thing I, I loved. Like I love doing, um, marching band competitions and, you know, we didn't have that in college. So that was, a, that's also one reason why I left. Interesting. Interesting. Now, college, where, where did you go? Uh, WVU, West Virginia University. Okay. And your major was? Uh, my major was political science with a minor in history. Okay. And you also just finished a graduate certificate. Do I remember that correctly? That is correct. It is not a master's degree, so I'm glad that you said graduate certificate. <laughs> it is in between a bachelor's and a master's <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. in cultural resource management. Cultural resource management. So that leads to uh, like the library work that you're currently doing, or the museum work rather that you're currently doing, and, and that yeah. kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, uh, it, it's mainly about like public history. Uh, it, it is a um kind of like a, the off-brand version of political history of not political history, public history. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's things like museum work and national parks and, um, uh, you know, state and local age, uh, historical agencies and, mm-hmm. um, you know, stuff like that. Neat. Uh, so what was your, so what was your experience in, in college? So you did, I assume four years and then whatever time it took for the graduate certificate. Yeah, I did four years of undergrad and then I took a year off uh, to work and then I got so bored that I said, I've got to go to school <laughs> or do something with my life that's uh, except f- or aside from just working and coming home, sleeping until about nine o'clock, staying up until three in the morning and then going to sleep and then waking up at 7 a.m. again to go to work, mm-hmm. uh, especially for a job that I hated at the time. <laughs> sure. Um, and, and, Going back to school was also a, a way to get me to uh, working from five days a week. I worked three days a week, which was a big break. I would much rather yeah. go to school than work at that job again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I uh, um, did that and uh, went back to school. It was only a fifteen hour program, but it took me two years because I could only because I paid. Uh, I was a non degree student, so I couldn't like get. Um, uh, graduate assistantships or really any right. kind of financial aid aside from a student loan. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have any loans from my undergrad because I had scholarships cover everything. And there was no way I wow. was going back this way, uh, to get, to get loans. So I paid literally everything out of pocket, um, with a little bit of help from my parents. And, um, yeah, it w- it was, it was rough, but that's, that's why I only could, I could only take one class a semester, which is why it took two years. Sure. Uh, instead of just one and a half, but. No, well, but you I got through it. I mean, it just, yeah. it sounds, I mean, you worked incredibly hard. It, it, academically, it sounds, you know, high school and college and. Yeah. 
pretty much at the top of your game. That's that's fantastic. So what what are you going to do now that you have this degree and the certificate? What, what are you going to do? Oh, uh, that's a good question. <laughs> are, are you still f- finding the answer for that question? Yes, or? I am. I'm okay. actually in the process of <laughs> applying for any job that I'm qualified for, which any millennial will tell you that is ridiculously hard to do. Sure. Um, just because, a lot of competition. Yeah, there's a lot of competition, and everything wants experience. But you can't mm-hmm. get experience without having a job. But you can't have a job without experience. So it's like yes. a, it's a big paradox. Um, yep. Thankfully, I'm kind of keeping my options open with things um, in regards to places I want to live or, or potential like job categories. So I have a little bit of experience here and there. But um, for the most part, I, I'm just trying to look for something that will at least make me happy because that's really all I care about. Even, even if it's not something that I, I do like long term, um, I, I just want to be in a state of happiness for a while. Yeah. Not, not have to worry about like whether or not I can pay my bills or, um, you know, dreading to go to work every day like I did for pretty much two years. Sure. Uh, happiness is what counts most. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can certainly tell you that from from my own experience. So that's uh, it's, it's definitely a good goal to have. So switching gears a little bit. So we, we've now we've talked about you know the the life and times of Chris McGuffin. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I seem to recall something else here. Okay. Chris is not your first name. That is correct. Actually, Chris isn't even technically in my name. What? Yeah. You're just making up that this is a false identity? Yeah. Oh. Uh, my first name is actually James. Uh, mm-hmm. and my middle name is Christopher. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's legit then. Yeah. That's legit. You, you, I, you didn't like James, Jim, Jimmy? Well. Or is there another one in the family that you got confused with? Or From what I was told – because uh, see, my my dad's name, his first name is also James. Oh, okay. And I'm pretty sure I was named after him. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't go by James uh, either. <laughs> anyway. um, so let's just does your whole family ignore first names? Is that a thing? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Actually, <laughs> that's a good question. I I don't know of anybody else off the top of my head that doesn't go by their first name. I think okay. my dad and myself are the only ones that I can at least recall right now. All right. Um, but I was named after him. However, they wanted to name me Christopher. And I guess from what I was told, Christopher James didn't sound as good as James Christopher. And they wanted to keep James in there because of my dad. So, hmm. Okay. They went with James Christopher and just called me by my middle name, which is hell when you're trying to go through school. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, so, I, so if you have the time, I, I have a funny story about that. Yeah, which I want. I, I have a question though. Okay. So the the use of of the name Chris wasn't a decision of yours. It was basically what your family always called you. Uh. Everyone called me Christopher growing up. Uh, it wasn't until elementary school that I more or less adopted the name Chris. Okay. Uh, just because that's, that's just what all my friends called me. Sure. And then I kind of went with it. 
Yeah, it's it's shorter. It's it's easier. It's less formal. I you know yeah. yeah. I I mean my my you know my name's Timothy, mm-hmm. which you know three people on the face of the planet call me. Yeah, my, so. my fam- most of my family, um, or at least the the older side of my family, still go with Christopher. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents, especially, and my aunts and uncles. Um, I have a few cousins that you know call me Chris. Uh, mm-hmm. They 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 lean more towards like the younger end of the spectrum, right. so that's probably why. Um, but yeah. Okay. So, but you have a story of, of the, the use of the name Chris or Christopher instead yeah, it of James. Is, it is so embarrassing. I've probably <laughs> told this somewhere before. Uh, I don't know if I've ever told it on like a podcast. So, uh, this is like a first, I would, I would hope it, it is at least. Cause this is an exclusive folks. Yeah. We, this is like breaking news on random chatter interviews and the first episode I, that it's pretty amazing. You're breaking ground. <laughs> we are, we are, we're breaking so, something. Um, it was the first day of middle school and mm-hmm. you know, I was nervous for my first day of just like elementary school mm-hmm. because you know, I, I, I will never forget. I walked into my kindergarten class and my mom left me and that was just mind blowing to me that <laughs> my mom would leave me with some strange people. Sure. I cried my eyes out for like the first week. Mm-hmm. Like my teacher would have to call my mom at work and say, Christopher's fine. He finally stopped crying. Don't worry. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, but middle school, the first day of fifth grade was I like, I was so scared and so nervous, <laughs> which did not help matters at all. And our, our first uh, class before we went to like our, our first actual class, we had a homeroom uh, that we were put into. And, um, I was in the room with some people that I knew from, uh, elementary school, but, uh, we also, we had different elementary schools in the area and then everyone just gets thrown into the same middle school. So you're, you're, uh, thrown into a group, pretty much like half of the class, it, you know, maybe even more are people that you don't know. Okay. So yep. that, that was, and I was a very shy kid. I, I still am to an extent, but, um, I was very, very shy at the time. And, you know, my, um, teachers would always, you know, when they, they do the roll call, they would always say James. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we get to, we get down the list and then like by the time it, it gets around the, uh, M MacGuffin, uh, the teacher, and he's only using first names here. He's saying like, he's saying like Tim, Lou, Josh, blah, blah, blah. Um, nobody was named Tim, Lou or Josh in my class, by the way. I just use that because <laughs> I know people in the network name, name those names. Uh, but he got to around where the M's would be and he said, Chris, well, obviously my name is Chris. I'm like, wow, you know, maybe, you know, middle school's different. Maybe like they, <laughs> they somehow they found out that that's what I go by. See, so, you know, I raised my hand and, uh, a little bit of a side note here. I am. And, and, and was at the time a fan of Legos, mm-hmm. you know, the building blocks. Yep. My teacher looks at me and he, you know, he smiles and he kind of chuckles. He's like, Mr. Lego. And I was like, yeah, cause I like Legos. I don't know how you know that, but okay. <laughs> thinking, yeah. Wow. These people do their homework. Yeah, they know everything about me. Here. They know I go by Chris. They know I like Lego. Yeah, exactly. They even know that my favorite color is. That's another story. Oh, I, come I, on. That's going to be the, that's, that's the last question. All right. That, that will be the last question. 
We have a commitment to the fans, Chris. We need an answer to that question. So I'm like, okay, good. You know, we got that out of the way. He knows my name is Chris. I don't have to correct him. He knows that I like Legos. Don't know how, but, you know, whatever. So, you know, I just go about, you know, doing my own thing while he continues roll call. And then he gets to James. I'm like. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. And you look around. Is there someone else who raises their hand? (laughs) And there there wasn't because, you know, James is a pretty much an antiquated name, at least in southern West Virginia. I think I knew like one other person with that name. But, um, but there was no other Christopher that raised their hand when you did? No, there wasn't. Oh, the confusion builds. Yeah. So he said, James, and no one raised their hand. I'm like, oh, damn. I didn't, I didn't think damn at the time. I was, you know, however you're many years old. But I was like, uh-oh, that's not good. Yeah. He said, James McGuffin. So I, like, raised my hand. And he's like, but you're Chris. I said, I go by Chris. That's, Christopher's my middle name. I go by Chris. He's like, oh, then who is Chris Lego? And it dawns on me that the kid's last name is Lego. Mm-hmm. And he, like, my teacher wasn't calling on me because he knew I liked Legos. It was, he was looking for Chris Lego. Chris Lego. <laughs> oh, it was yeah. so embarrassing, Tim. It was my first day of middle school. <laughs> oh, I was no. trying so hard to like to, you know, be a confident, not shy student, but sure. I failed miserably. Oh yeah. But I'm sure that the next day it was forgotten by everyone except for you. Uh, yes. And, <laughs> and Chris Lego actually ended up showing up like later that week. Um, and funny enough, I don't think he made it past fifth or sixth grade. Like, I think he moved or something. So who knows where he is right now? Maybe he's listening to this podcast. What's up, Chris Lego? All right. So that's that's a funny story. I yes. like that. I, I mean, like I, that. I've had many people, like, either, you know, be it not knowing how to pronounce my last name, which is, admittedly is really easy to, yeah. you know, and no matter how many times I tell them to call me Chris or Christopher, they call me James. Sure. Um, yeah, it's just, oh, yeah. I've, I've had a time in my, in my 25 years of living, I, I've had a time. I, I, I love my parents to death. If I could go back and just tell them one thing, I'd be like, please name me Christopher James. I don't care. If not as good. Name me Christopher James. You, you could legally change your name. Oh, I know, but you know, at this point, it's just pointless. Uh, you, you've you've endured twenty five years of suffering. You have viably, you know, another seventy five years of suffering to endure with this. Well, yeah, but you I don't have to go to school anymore. Well, that's true, but you still have to deal with other things. Yeah, I, I show you put up with it in just everyday life, but. Uh. <laughs> um. All right, so so as you've progressed through your life, um, what types of fandoms and interests developed? Hmm. Well, I'm going to exclude Star Wars from this. Okay. Uh, at least for the time being. We can get into the Star Wars topic a little bit later if you want. Mm-hmm. But my first love actually... I'm trying to think. I mean, I, I I don't really count video games just because that's a 
that's more of a hobby rather than a fandom. Sure. Honestly, my first fandom was probably Dragon Ball Z. Okay. In when like did two thousand ish, two thousand one? Yep. Um, and you know, I don't know how familiar you are with what I'm about to say, but uh, on Cartoon Network there was this um, programming block. I want to say it started in ninety eight or ninety seven. One of those. Um, it aired in uh, around like four, five o'clock uh, on Cartoon Network called Toonami. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time it was hosted, um, I can't remember who the first host name was. Um, but after like two or three years of that, we were introduced to a host named Tom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom is actually and is still to this day voiced by Steve Bloom. Oh, cool. So, um, that, that, that's, that's how my fanboy is for, uh, Steve Bloom came to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I would watch, uh, th- at the time they showed more like upper level children's lower age teen cartoons, yep. uh, specifically anime. Um, I remember Dragon Ball Z was one, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam, Sailor Moon, um, those were the three big ones that I remember watching as a kid, but, but Dragon Ball was definitely my first, uh, fandom that wasn't Star Wars. Cool. And so what other media consumption did you have of Dragon Ball Z? Uh, well, it was mainly at the time, just the anime. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would buy the action figures. Uh, I, I didn't really read the manga at the time. Um, and mm-hmm. actually I never really got into the manga, uh, surprisingly, but, um, yeah, it was mainly just watching the anime every day. And the, you know, that was at a time where right now, uh, since Toonami has been brought back, I think it was brought back in like 2012 ish. Um, they only do it on Saturday nights. Well, this was every weekday. So, you know, you got to see, you didn't have to wait a week for the next episode. You could just watch it. Um, really the next day. Yeah. It is, it fascinates me that we are, are stuck in a culture right now that <laughs> you either binge watch something or you, um, you, uh, have to wait a week. Sure. But, and, and you know, actually, Dragon Ball Z might not actually technically be my first fandom. And I, I can't believe I forget, I forgot about the one and only Power Rangers. Aha. Uh-huh. Because I think that predates Dragon Ball. <clears throat> yes, fact, it does. I, I know it does because um, I got into Power Rangers around somewhere in the mid nineties, um, probably around ninety six, ninety seven ish, uh, when they were doing reruns of Mighty Morphin, um, and then it got into Power Rangers Turbo, and I, I kept my Power Ranger fandom up until somewhere around like 2003 ish. And I had the toys too, which I still wish I had because they're worth money. <laughs> oh, but I it's uh, yeah. Well, it, you know, it, it seems that that is a fandom that uh, I, I mean, obviously with the new movie has had a bit of a resurgence, but it's kind of, it's been ever present. Mm-hmm. They seem to, they, they, they reinvigorate it every once in a while and kind of continue doing something with it. It's not something that, I've been directly a fan of, but I've, I've always been aware of it. 
Um, yeah. And it's it's it seems to always be out there. What was did you see the new movie? I did. I, and I loved it. Of. Did you? Great. Do you, do you think there's going to be more? Was there enough of a response from it that there's going to be more? Um, I don't think it made enough money to, especially to uh, account for multiple sequels or or like a cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. Um, fan response, from what I know, is pretty good. Yeah, uh, I just don't think it made enough globally to um, warrant sequels. I know they had planned for sequels, but. I heard on various uh, news sites that it probably won't happen just because it didn't make enough money overseas, which is sad because, I mean, Power Rangers, yeah, it's it's really cheesy and um, honestly, it's it's kind of, from what I know, got a went a little bit downhill since I was a kid. Um, but I, I think the the new movie and, and the direction they took it. It, it could have not rebooted the franchise, but like put a put a new uh, re- revitalized it. I guess is a good word. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wish they would have. Uh, I, I would like to see them keep it up. If you know, at the very least, do like a. Um, if you don't want to do a feature film, like do a a Netflix miniseries or something that's. You know, directed more towards the adult fan rather than like the, the the kids that Power Rangers is really meant for. Right. Well, I you know, and I find it interesting, and 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 I appreciate the fact that Power Rangers and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Power Rangers has pretty much maintained that same type of of style and focus as as they've gone through the years. Um, so you've you've had some consistency in, in that enjoyment as opposed to other franchises. We look at things like, you know, transformers. I grew up with transformers and, uh, the first Michael Bay movie was palatable. It was fairly exciting. Uh, but then as it got beyond that, it was like, Oh my gosh, this is yeah. just, this is a mess. Um, you know, I, I, and I didn't mind the stories, and I appreciated what they were trying to do with effects. Um, but uh, as has been tossed around on the Random Chatter show and other shows, um, it, it, they've just kind of like inundated with special effects to the point that you can't even it, – it's difficult at times just to track what the heck is going on on the screen. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the G.I. Joe films, uh, you know, they were okay. Um, you know, we, so it's, it's like looking at the, the progression or the evolution of some of these things that they've brought back from, you know, from, from the period of, of my childhood as compared to, um, what they've done with Power Rangers, where Power Rangers is just kind of, it looks like they, they updated it. They kind of, you know, brushed the dust off of it. Um, but it still kind of seems to have the same feeling. Yeah, it, it, especially the TV series definitely still carries that really cheesy, campy nature. Um, you know, the the movie was a lot more mature and I think was directed more towards the people like myself who grew up on the um, original few series. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you could, I mean, it was PG-13 after all. Yeah. But at, at its heart, I, I, I still think it was... Um, 
maybe not necessarily, it's probably a little bit too much for kids, but those who are like older kids, you know, young teens, I mean, I wouldn't mind if I, if I was a parent with even like a nine year old, I would take them to see it just because it was, I, I think it was good enough and it still maintained that, um, you know, the, the heroic thing that, you know, Power Rangers is, you're, you're supposed to look up to these, these people and it's mm-hmm. kind of what you did. Uh, maybe not in the same sense as the TV shows, but, um, you, you get this feeling of ordinary kid turn or, or an ordinary, ordinary teenager turn into a, um, uh, more, more or less a superhero. Um, and you know, you can't do that in real life because you know, there's no alien technology that can give you superpowers or anything like that. But in terms of being like a, somebody like a good role model, I think that's something that power Rangers has always had. And I, I wish more franchises and more fandom fandoms would focus on that. Yeah. Yeah. Where we, yeah, where it's not just all action. There's, there's a measure of morality to it. There's, there's, like you said, someone to look up to. And and even though obviously it's not possible for that to happen, um, but it harnesses the kids' imaginations of, you know, hey, this is like, you know, me in a few years, I could be that age and something cool would happen and I become this character and I could do that and I'm going to fight evil and I'm going to, you know, they, they it, it, I mean, just for all of us, I mean, we, we all had something like that that we grew up with that we would, you know, play act out and, and, and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, um, yeah, no, it's, it's that, that, that kind of stuff is a lot of fun and it's, it's good to see that they're still continuing it and kind of in the same spirit. Um, you know, I was, I was real happy that like the, uh, the Voltron reboot has mm-hmm. kept the same cheesiness and campiness that the original, uh, Voltron series had. Um, and it's, they've really just done kind of a retelling of a lot of the same stories and same themes, but you know, they've, they've kept the essence of it, which has been nice. Yeah, I agree. Um, so what other fandoms that you, you, I, I know you, you talk about Dr. Who. Yeah. I'm a Dr. Uh, Who fan. Mm-hmm. Um, the expanse obviously, uh, which is a very, very fun fandom to be involved in. Um, you really need to get yourself watching the expanse so you can join us for our live tweets. <laughs> I do. I, I got to catch up. I got to catch up. Um, yeah, I, I like Dr. Who, um, as far as like, Nerd culture stuff. I mean, Doctor Who and Star Wars are the, are the two "quote unquote" big ones. Um, I'm trying to like look around my room. Yeah, I don't really have anything else that's like oh, Firefly. I like Firefly. Mm-hmm. Know, it's, it's not necessarily a relevant fandom anymore. Um, oh, you just ticked off a whole bunch of people. Hey. I, I love Firefly. I love Serenity. It's, I mean relevant as it's not airing right now. I That's would, Chris at randomchatter. Yeah, Chris at randomchatter.com. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really, I mean, that's that, that's the big ones, I guess. Yeah. Um, now, what got you into podcasting? I, 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 I think I've heard this story before once on Random Chatter, but 
um, for for your other audiences who might not have heard it. I, I think it's it's worth telling. My first, well, I, I should. I'm going to go all the way back to 2008. Um, the first time I was ever introduced to a podcast was. Um, are you familiar with the Microsoft Zune? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Okay. For those of you that don't know, it is uh, an MP3 player that was supposed to rival the iPod. In my opinion, Miles better than the iPod. I still have my Zune from 2008, my sophomore year of high school. Uh, it is actually sitting right beside me. The battery life on it is terrible, but it still works. <laughs> it gets the job done. Um, and, you know, I, I've never owned an Apple product. By the way, that's another fun fact about me. Really? Um, yeah, I, d- I despise Macs. Uh, iPods, I could live without. Um, so, yeah, Zune all the way. Uh, hmm. Even though they don't make them anymore, <laughs> um, but the Zune Marketplace at the time had podcasts that you could download, which at the time were like five to seven minutes, and it was mainly like uh, the old gaming channel uh, G4. Right. Um, yep. I subscribed to their content, and it was mainly just stuff like uh, like the hosts of X Play and um, Attack of the Show would do like little mini segments for uh podcasts. And it was like, you know, again, five minute things that they put out every day, um, which I listened to for a little bit. And then I just stopped because it, I, they would, they, they would download every single time I would put, plug my Zune in and I would forget to listen to them. And it would just, it would delete old ones and then I'd get behind and I'd have to listen to everything. And I just stopped caring really. Um, and I didn't get into podcasts again, until one day it was like 2000, it was 2012 ish. Uh, I was on, it was actually right after the, uh, Disney, uh, acquisition. Um, was that in 2012 or 13? Uh, oh gosh, that's a good question. Uh, that was in 12, I think. It was in the later part of 12. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Um, then it actually was probably 2013. 13. Um, I had stumbled on, uh, I was reading Twitter, follow the force.net. I saw something for the force cast and they were just, they were talking about, um, who should be the hosts or who should be, uh, if they bring the big three back, uh, should they, uh, include, uh, the original cast members or not? I was like, well, that's sounds like an interesting article. So, mm-hmm. cause you know, I didn't know really what a long form podcast was. I go on there and it's like a, an hour podcast. I'm like, what's this? So I click on it. It's just like <laughs> people talking. I'm like, this is dumb. <laughs> but I said, I'm going to listen to it anyway. So I, I went to fast forward and literally right when I did that, uh, my computer died. Oh, the, the motherboard uh, went out on it. So nice. didn't get to listen to that uh, until uh, a while later. In the meantime, though, I actually had someone contact me uh, on Tumblr of all places back when I used Tumblr, um, wanting to know if uh, anybody, because she knew that I was a soccer fan and that, that's my other love of soccer, um, wanted to know if I'd be interested in doing a weekly soccer radio show. And I said, sure, why not? Uh, I was nervous as all get out, but I did it. Um, 
It was called uh, Gold Chatter. And uh, I kept that up for, I want to say, around a year, maybe a little bit less. Um, and then I, ju- I, I just stopped because the that show went on hiatus. And then uh, I had some other things come up school-wise that kind of prevented me from doing it. But um, And it was totally coincidental that that podcast had Shatter in the name. Yeah. It, it is very, yeah. It's it is coincidental, yeah. But that was my first uh, time, you know, actually as a a voice personality. And please don't go back and listen to it because <laughs> it is awful. And there there is so many pauses and ums on my end. It is ridiculous. Oh, it is cringeworthy to me. <laughs> it's it like, happens. It, it's like it when happens. you talk to an actor. Or especially a voice actor, and you go back and you're like, "Hey, what are what my old stuff sounds like, or my my old acting roles?" And it's just awful stuff. Oh, oh, sure, it sure. Is, it is so bad, Tim. <laughs> Which I, I I feel bad because the girl that I did it with, um, is actually really she's actually a very 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 nice girl, and she still does Gold Chatter, uh, the website to this day. Um, in fact, she uh, approached me earlier this year and was like, Hey, do you want to do like a monthly or, uh, biweekly soccer podcast? And I was like, uh, <laughs> let me get back to you about that. Cause that's when I was doing like six or however many shows, uh, a week. And I just could not fit it in. I might be able to do it now, but, um, yeah, it, the, the podcast or the, the radio show itself was fun to do. Uh, and it was fun to talk soccer, but in hindsight, Terrible performance by me. <laughs> ah, hey, you know, we all start somewhere and you're probably even, uh, my, my bet is you're being overly critical of yourself that it was, you know, it was just fine. Yeah. <laughs> you say so. Well, and, and so the thing is certainly as a, someone who started off as a listener of, um, of podcasts that, that you have been on. Um, from random chatter and, and, and before that over to, um, shows on the force.net, including the force cast. And that's where echo base, uh, and, and outer rim got started and hearing you on those podcasts, uh, you, you have definitely improved. Um, and it's not to say that you were bad when you started because you definitely, Oh, weren't. I was bad. Uh, no, no, really. You weren't really, you weren't bad. Um, I, I, I promise. But you you have you've improved, um, you know, I mean, to, to me, there's always room for improvement in some way, shape or form somewhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, you've you've definitely come a long way. So it's um, you, you you do some really great stuff. I enjoy listening to the shows that you're on. Um, I enjoy participating with you uh, in the shows that we both get to be on. Uh, I think we have a good time. Um, hey, you know, last night, Echo Base episode 99. Oh, uh, God, we, we were, we were <laughs> laughing. <got> weird. <laughs> <laughs> we were laughing very late into the night. Um, so that was, uh, that, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. So I, I no, I, I enjoy, um, being with you on these and listening to you and, and, and hearing your opinions on things. Uh, whether it's on the podcast or in Slack or up on Twitter or something like that, so it's 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 good stuff. It's good stuff, and you've you've definitely helped to 
build the brand of, of, of random chatter and, and, you know, keep us moving in, in the right direction, which is cool. So, um, a few things kind of rapid fire. Cause I know we're, we're just over an hour here. Um, what's your favorite food? Ooh, mashed potatoes. Hmm. Gravy, butter, uh, butter. I could, I don't mind the gravy, but I prefer without it. Okay. Fair enough. Um, you, you mentioned, and I almost laughed earlier, you mentioned that you have just been such an avid consumer of books, yet the Star Wars novels you have been a, a very outspoken critic of. Um, briefly, explain. Explain why why I'm a critic of them? Yes. Yes. Oh, God. Briefly. Um, <laughs> In 20 minutes or less... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a rough one. Uh, Twenty minutes or less—that's a good one. Like that. <laughs> Is um, it that you just don't like the stories that they bring about? You you kind of like the things that are closer to the films. What's the? I mean, okay. Here here's, and it kind of goes back to my my childhood. Um, at the time. I was I was a little too young to really get into Star Wars novels um, when I got into the fandom, and I'm you know I my first film, well you know it was A New Hope, but the first one I vividly remember is Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm a child of the prequels, and I will defend them to my dying breath. <laughs> Good um, for you, despite the flaws. <laughs> but when it comes to the the novels, you know I, I I never I will never forget I was at a a used book sale. And um, I picked up uh, The Last Command, which is the third book in the Thrawn trilogy, mm-hmm. and uh, Tyrant's Test, which is the third book, and I want to say the Corellian trilogy. Um, I believe so. I started The Last Command having no idea who Thrawn was. Uh, I enjoyed it because I'm pretty sure I finished it. I can't remember. It was a while. It was a long time ago. That was my first Star Wars book, and I liked it. Um and you know, at the, at the time, this was the story after the uh, end of the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyrant's Test. I remember this was around. I want to say this was pre uh, Attack of the Clones when I, I saw this, and I, I it, was, it, was the, it was like the back cover or somewhere in in the book uh, itself mentioned um, Leia's mother, who you know okay. is Padme. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, I was like, wow, this must have something to do with Leia's mother, who at the time, you know, we didn't know is Padme. Right. Um, that, you know, there's hints of it in the Phantom Menace, but me being like a, an eight, nine year old kid, I didn't know that. Um, you know, I, I didn't catch on to the fact that Padme and Anakin would become a thing. Mm-hmm. Just like I didn't catch on to the fact that, um, Sidious and Palpatine are the same person. Right. Um, yep. But it, like, I, I liked how, you know, these things told a, a larger story and gave background. In, in other words, they were relevant. Like, if you wanted to know who, you know, this certain character was, well, you just had to read that book because that's who the, what the story was about. Um, but then I saw just how much Star Wars books there were. You had the X-Wing novels. You had the New Jedi Order, which was the thing to read uh 
when I was a kid. Um, you have the Thrawn trilogy, the Corellian trilogy, the Han Solo books, you know, all of the one-offs. Uh, you had the Jedi Academy trilogy. Um, and then as, as the prequel started to, t- to take off, you had all of the Clone Wars stories, which I don't, they're not canon now, but at, right. at the time they, they technically were. And, um, I read a few of those and was, you know, for the most part impressed. Shatterpoint remains my favorite Star Wars book ever. Uh, the Mace Windu novel. Yep, um, yep. And it's honestly one of the few that I've read com- to completion. Um, I don't remember much about it, but I just remembered I enjoyed it. Hopefully that would still, <laughs> if I reread it today, hopefully it would still maintain that enjoyment factor. Sure. Um, but I, I feel like at least right now they're putting out too much content and it, it's, it's not stuff that matters. Like, I, I know that they want to keep just the, the important events all in the films. Which right. Is, is perfectly fine. Um, and, you know, leave the novels to have the ancillary material that, you know, it, it adds to the story, but it doesn't, um, it, it doesn't, you know, one, you don't have to have one without the other. If right. That makes sense. Um, but, I, I just feel like some of the stories haven't been that good. It's just been filler. Um, and you know, they don't matter. And then when you're putting out book after book, after book, after book, it, it there's eventually you're going to get to a point where there's, there's too much. And then you already have legend stuff that's still being printed. So it, it just gets confusing and you're just having an overwhelming amount of star Wars stuff. I would much rather have say, um, <sighs> Let's just say for a hypothetical, um, you have The Last Jedi come out and then you have to wait, you know, a year or two for the next movie um, to continue that story. Well, let's say in between The Last Jedi and Episode 9 is like, let's say, a two year break. I'd rather read have them release a book that takes place in between that. Sure. Those two movies. If it doesn't involve the characters, okay, But. You know, something like Catalyst, which was mm-hmm. a prequel to Rogue One. Right. Um, I didn't really, I, I couldn't get through that book. I, I thought it was so boring. Um, I, I tried really hard to finish it before Rogue One, but, um, you know, so, something like that, uh, at least along those lines, I would, I would much rather have the release of a Star Wars book be a big event. Yes. That, that continue the story or added to the story or, or, or is more important. In right. terms of the overall saga, than just and it's a story of uh, some adventure that so and so went on, mm-hmm. or it's you know it's a little bit of a backstory. It might it, it's not required reading for Rogue One, but you know if you want to understand a little bit about how Galen made the Death Star plans or whatever, read it. But it, sure. it's not important. Sure. So long story short. Um, I, I think they're releasing too much content uh, and too many mediocre stories and um, too many things just don't matter to the overall plot. Fair enough. Fair enough. And I, I you bring up points that really I can't disagree with. Um, while, I, while... I also think that to, the fandom also has a little bit of a issue with that, but that's a completely different story. <laughs> 
No, I, 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 I agree with that as well. It's, um, while I enjoy the books, I have had kind of a similar conversation with other people, uh, in regard to the books not being as meaningful. Yeah. Um, while they have, you know, told some good stories, they're, they're just, they don't seem to be as meaningful as things that were in, uh, you know, what is now Legends. Yeah. Um, and I, I think Star Wars and Lucasfilm and Disney want these books to, to be something that the, just the casual fan is going to go out and buy. And I would honestly much rather see that, but they don't. They're, they're too, I think they're too complex. Um, they're too deep for just the casual Star Wars moviegoer to get. Um, and I, I really think that Disney and Lucasfilm, um, and I tell that, I tell Kathleen Kennedy that to her face, I think they're missing out <laughs> on a crucial aspect of, um, you know, general mainstream culture by not appealing to that, uh, that type of fan base. Like if you put out, I don't know, um, you, you could re- release Rogue One as a novel and it, it be as important as a movie. And that's something that I think more people would go buy rather than just, uh, the story of Luke Skywalker moving some noodles around like you did in Heir to the Jedi. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Yep. You're absolutely right. Well, you, you know, and it's an interesting balance. Um, and it, it, it even kind of the same thing as a reflection on the movies that no matter how many fans, um, you know, the, the, you know, the, those that consider ourselves the, Hey, you know, we're the, the big diehard fans and everything that gets done in star Wars is done for us. No, it's not because what makes a movie a blockbuster is, you know, how well it's received by the general public. Yeah. Uh, even if I were to go see the next Star Wars film six or seven times, that 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 doesn't even qualify as a drop in the bucket. Yeah. Um, the the what's going to you know bust the uh, the, uh, the 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 records is going to be attendance by the general public at these. Yep. So that's that's what really matters. Um, so I think that's, uh, that's all we have. We, we have to cap off with oh, our, come on, Tim, just a little bit longer. I don't <laughs> um, we have our one last question. It, it can't be the caller one. Give me one more. That's not the caller question. All right. One more. Um, why the curse of Chris? Ooh, that's a good one. I love telling the story. Okay. So back in my day, before we had Facebook and Twitter, we had MySpace. And MySpace was the place to go for people of my age when I was in high school. And and honestly, MySpace in its prime, still miles better than Facebook ever has been. I I, I will still argue that to this day. (laughs) Now, on your on your MySpace profile, you could have uh, top friends, and it could be you know, it, you know people that you knew in real life. Uh, it could be bands. It could be really anybody that had a MySpace account, because it wasn't like you go and like a page. 
Uh, you add everybody, even band profiles, as a friend. And, you know, some of them were, like, run by the label. Some of them were, like, actually run by the band members. Uh, and, you know, people that were just, like, solo artists, that was their MySpace page, was their, mm-hmm. their music page. Sure. Um, there was a band that I found out about called Rotation. They had a song called The Curse of 1990, which is a fantastic rock song. Um, and they had a thing on their profile that said, if you put the curse of or some kind of reference to rotation in your display name on MySpace, we'll put you in our top friends. And I was like, hell yeah, I want to be in rotation's top friends list because that was the thing to do. <laughs> so I said, uh, I put, hmm, what can I do? And I said, well, I love the curse of 1990s. So I'm going to do the curse of Chris. Nice. I wanted to keep Chris in my th- in the uh, name somewhere, so I put the mm-hmm. I put it was uh, written as you had uh, an open bracket, uh, and then you put the curse of, and then close bracket, and then another open bracket, and then Chris, and the close bracket. So, because you know, it got to be cool. I just can't put the curse of Chris; it's lame. So, right. I put that there. I got into Rotation's top friends, and uh, it just stuck. I, I think I made Twitter right after that, um, and I that was I needed a username, and I said eh, the curse of Chris because it's the same thing as MySpace, and sure, I've kept it ever since. Nice, nice. Well, th- that's a cool little backstory to your uh, what what we all know as as being your your Twitter handle. So, yep, very cool. All right. Well, we have gone. Uh, We've gone a while. I think we had a great interview. Um, this was our our first interview of mm-hmm. Random Shatter Interviews, starring Chris McGuffin, a.k.a. The Curse of Chris. Chris, what, what's the answer we've all been waiting for? What my favorite color is. Yes, sir. It is actually two colors. you got to complicate things, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in my at my current age, I do only have one, but I, I have one that is an honorable mention because it was my favorite color growing up, and uh, that that would be orange. Okay, which I as a kid I called Orny because I couldn't pronounce orange, so I just said Orny. Like if, I, <laughs> if they said, "What color shirt do you want to wear?" I want the Orny shirt. Orny. Or what? What color popsicle do you want? I want the Orny. Sure. So it was always Orny. Um, but in, in my older age, uh, my current and most of the time favorite color is blue. Excellent. Very good. There it is, Random Chatter listeners. As promised, we delivered on Chris's favorite color. Yep. So there it is. Well, Chris, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, well, loved having, having you. Having I think it was a great conversation. Um, is there anything else that you want to add for the, the good of the listeners? Uh, yes. Um, I, I do want to say that if you want to chat with me on Twitter, uh, it's at the curse of Chris. I will talk about really anything, music, uh, vinyl, soccer, um, you know, anything that you think we have in common chat with me about. Um, also listen to my podcast, chasing fandom, crash couch, echo base, Random chatter. Um, I'm missing anything. Cordcast. Cordcast. Yes. How could I forget the wonderful <laughs> podcast? Joelle would kill me if she was sitting here right now. 
She probably would. She'd probably punch you right in the arm for that. Yeah, and in doing so, it hurt her own arm. <laughs> she she dislocate her shoulder or something. Yeah, <laughs> she she'd get a good punch in, but end up hurting herself. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. But yeah, that that's where people can find me, and that's what I do. And I, I my DMs are open. If you want to chat with me privately, it's fine by me. Awesome. Talk about how Cloverfield's a better movie than most of the Star Wars saga, too. Yeah, that's that, that's a discussion that, that we got here at some point, too. It, it kind of got started on Random Shatter, and it never continued. So. No, it didn't. Uh, that's a, yeah, that's a discussion we got to make sure that you get into on Random Shatter. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks again, Chris. Thank you, Tim. There it is, folks, the first episode of Random Shatter Interviews. I hope you enjoyed getting to know Chris a little more. Be sure to catch him on his many podcasts, including Random Chatter, Echo Base, The Cordcast, Chasing Fandom, and The Crash Couch. You can also follow him on Twitter at The Curse of Chris. And now we all know what that means. You can find the Random Chatter Network online at randomchatter.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash randomchatter, and on Twitter at randomchatter. You can find me, Qui-Gon Tim, on Twitter at Qui-Gon Tim. That's Tim with two M's. If you like what we're doing here at Random Chatter, be sure to spread the word. Tell your friends and leave us reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. We also appreciate some financial support to help us keep the lights on around here. Visit patreon.com slash randomchatter to show us some love. Even a dollar a month gets you access to our Slack channel, where you can hang out all day every day with hosts, staff, and other fans. The music featured on Random Chatter Interviews is Kaboom by iFlight Dragons. Thanks again for listening and stay tuned on the Random Chatter feed for more Random Chatter interviews coming at you all summer long.